cliffcentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Of course, you know by this time when you hear those lovely Tibetan singing bowls, it is time for Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. I'm Liesl Tom, and unfortunately this week, Shemaine won't be joining me. Uh, she's got other things to attend to, but next week she'll be back with me. And Shemaine, I look forward to sharing a studio with you again. Then, as always, uh, controller Palesa Mabuye. Hey, Palesa, thank Hello. you for joining us and thank you for helping us make this possible. And then, of course, the most important person in the studio is Jack Hartman, the General Secretary for the Southern African Theosophical Society. Jack, when we say Southern African, how big is the Theosophical Society in Southern Africa? Well, in Southern Africa, it only encompasses Mozambique, uh, Zambia, and uh, the uh, Zimbabwe. And do you have many members in, in, in the other countries? In the other countries, we have Probably combined, probably about 600. Sure. Okay. Now, what is the Theosophical Society? Well, basically, I can explain it in terms, uh, in layman's language, it's the amalgam between the thinking behind Eastern esotericism, um, amalgamated with the thinking behind the scientific American philosophy. So it's basically spirit meets science. Type of thing was trying to trying to bridge the gap. I mean, to illustrate this, uh, I'll name you a few names of people who have been influenced by it. People of the influence of Yeats, the Irish poet, uh, Einstein, uh, whom I don't think needs any talk about, but he in fact used to have a copy of one of the quotes of the Secret Doctrine, which is the book written by the founder of philosophy, uh, Helena Petrova-Blabotsky, on the walls. And in addition to that, uh, you have the Russian the Russian uh, artist Rorish, which is a bit of a way-about uh, type of person, and I think more pertinent to Southern Africa. You have Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was very involved with the uh, Theosophical Society, and, and if you have a look at his theory and his concept of passive resistance, very, very much of our philosophy comes into that because we're all one being. We're all human beings, not just individual component parts of a very big universe. And you find it right up today. You find a lot of it in J.K. Rawlings's work. She's very heavily into theosophy. Oh, really? Yes, you'll find, well, you, you, you see even one of her characters has a pseudonym for Blavatsky and all of, uh, Harry Potter's, a lot of his is uh, symbolic of the concepts that we have in uh, uh, theosophy. But that's a whole new topic. Well, <laughs> if, 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 if I get a better handle on this topic, I might reread Harry Potter and perhaps I'll see that symbology. Yeah, yeah you will see it. Yeah. It's now, all the books. Jack, when I first heard of the Theosophical Society, I immediately thought of secret societies. And then, of course, when I Googled it, there were some references to the Illuminati, which I still don't know exactly what that is. But but is the Theosophical Society a secret society? No, far from it. But it's one of these uh, uh, misnomers which they use. 
but it's basically a society which is open to everybody, but it is used because of its uh, concepts. It's used as a, as a bit of propaganda, or if you like, a, a propaganda against the society. Mm, and who, and who, would, who would? Well, people who, who see the concepts as, as of wanting, of seeing life and human beings as being an equanimity situation. It worries them, the fact that we believe that we're all interrelated. And I don't think I have to expound on that particular concept. <laughs> no, let's do. When you, when you say we're all interrelated, how do you – what are your parameters? Well, the parameters, look, we're all, we're all basically evolved out of the same mold, if you mm-hmm. like. In fact, we're involved out of the, the same molecules. I mean, we're all – all living beings, including plants, animals, humans, we're all uh, permutations of the carbon atom, which has evolved into that. And and people say, well, then we, we there must be a sort of planned way, of, some way of doing it. I'm not going to go into that either. But but it's neither that or a, a chaos thing. It's more, shall I put it this way, disorder that we can order. Mm. In other words, it's, it's very simple. If you if you do the sums, you do the arithmetic. Uh, statistically speaking, uh, from a simple carbon atom to evolve into a human being uh, is uh, the chances are factorial forty seven. I don't know if you know what factorial forty seven is. Absolutely. You see this blank face, as blank No. Well, factorial forty seven is forty seven times forty six times forty five um, times okay, forty four okay. times forty three, all the way down to times one divided by two. And to give you an idea how big a number that is, factorial eleven is a billion. Sure. I mean, I mean in English, billion a million times a million. So, it's a very big number, but. If you have a look at the number of stars, and as long as the universe has been going, it's also been going for billions of years. Mm. So what's so difficult about those those kind of numbers? Is theosophy a religion? Not at all. It's purely a philosophy. In fact, one of, one of, one of our objects, uh, which is really subsidiary to our main object, which is... Uh, Trying to form a nucleus of a brotherhood of man, and now brotherhood is, shall we say, that it demonstrates the paucity of the English language. But I'll come back to it because it's not really classifying everybody as a brother, but it's a communion of beings, a collection of beings which have a common interest. Now, this being the case, uh, part of what we study to be able to understand. Uh, Everybody, because if we're all interrelated, we must know what's going on. Mm. And one of our founding objects is comparative religions, because spirituality is very much part and parcel of our lives. Mm. Mm. And well, the other object, of course, that's why we studied, is to study out all those powers latent in men. Or man, sorry, but I, I use it in the generic yeah, sense. Yeah, the, 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 the brotherhood of man. I've, 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 I've read yeah, the argument that, yeah. you know, they, they're considering changing it because of the gender yeah. implications. Yeah, but, but, but I hear what you're saying. You yeah. are not referring to no, male no, no, versus no, I'm, female. I'm referring to terminology which is you find in the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah. And, uh, well, we'll have to wait until the alternate comes, sisterhood gets into the, into the uh, dictionary and we'll, we'll use that as well. 
Well, I'm sure, you know, I'm very sorry, Shemaine isn't here. Between the two of us, we're a pretty strong sisterhood. Now, Jack, this secret doctrine, where did it come from? You, you mentioned who, who wrote it, the, the well, founder? It was written by a, well, it's written by a woman called Helena Petrova Blavatsky, as I mentioned. Now, she spent six years writing it. Now, it's based on her, she claims, or her claim is that it was fed directly to her by an extraterrestrial master, not extraterrestrial, but masters from... Like an ascended master. Type of, well, not really ascended, because that's a different terminology in our two. Well, it's a master who has had a, has had a broader uh, perspective of humanity and able to give this to her and... And on experiments conducted with her, she actually wrote as if she was an automaton. People observed her. And she wrote, like she wrote like 50-odd pages in three hours once. Now, that was handwriting. Mm -hmm. She didn't type it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it looked as if she was being fed this information. Now, I am very sensitive to... Uh the, the terms that we use, but sure. for lack, you know, I'm, sure. I'm, I, no. I, I don't know. So for lack of a better term, would you would you say it was almost as if she was possessed? Well, it's just if she was inspired, if you want people, if you want to make it as possessed, it, yes, you could say uh, this being entered her body to write it and 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 had extra human powers, hence this. Alacrity of being able to write 50 pages in three hours. You'd, mm -hmm. you'd have slightly sore hands if you did that. Now, why was it called the secret doctrine? Well, I, I think it goes back to uh, the time it was written. Don't forget it was written the latter part of the 19th century, coming into the beginning of the 20th century. And uh, they, it, 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 had to have, it had that feel of mysticism about it. And 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 also uh, a lot of the work, initial work, and that's why we stay away from it. Uh, a lot of the work was done with spirit with spirituality, mm. and uh, and obviously that was part of how people lived, and hence the secret doctrine. And we couldn't change the name of the founder's book, could we? Mm, no. But she did write an interesting book prior to that called the the Isis Unveiled. Which uh, is a book which uh, shows quite clearly the the origin of, of various various religions and their inter interrelationship. You know the the f fact that most of the religions are so interrelated is it's a, you can't claim that one followed the other. I mean, if you look at these, you, the religions of the world all have a basic uh, formula. And they all have a basic premise for us to be kind to each other. Yes, the, 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 the love, God uh, is love. love. Love yourself and your neighbor. Exactly. Uh, yes. And I, I don't care in which religion you frame it, that is. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the cornerstone of any religion. Mm -hmm. Hence the evolvement of the concept of brotherhood. In other words, uh, in order to be able to do that, we have to accept the fact that we live in a dual world, which means that uh, we've got good and bad in our mind. Whether we are actually good or bad is, is a conscious thing. How does theosophy 
explain this duality? Well, it's very simple. Uh, well, to me, to say, uh, to put it simply, sometime after, maybe before, maybe after you're born, because it could happen in the womb, but you become conscious. Now, you could become conscious in the womb, or as a lot of psychologists say, you become conscious at weaning. In other words, conscious of, of the environment. In other words, up until that particular stage of your consciousness coming in, you are a, 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 a living thing without a conscious. And you're interested in nourishment, obviously, in the womb. I mean, you kick the mother and get a little bit of food in, or, or you scream your head off and you go back on the breast. Mm. And that is your prime concern. But they eventually become conscious. Now, the first thing that happens when you become conscious is you become conscious that you are conscious. I'm alive. For the want of a word, mm, you, mm. whether that actually is what happened. Obviously, it isn't. You only learn to verbalize when you learn words. But what what happens after that is, what happens if I'm not alive? Boom. Beginning and end of duality. Mm. Alive, mm. not alive. Black, white. So everything we do, if you think of all your frames of reference, there's always an opposite, is there not? Mm. And in between those two poles is the way we all think. But it's interesting, you know, children have this idea that they are omnipotent, that if mommy and daddy fight, it's about me. If something happens, I made it happen. When do they start losing that? Is this part of this uh, developing awareness? So it's a, you know, just as uh, just as uh, uh, human beings evolved from a carbon atom, and through the chain of sequence and. Uh, let's don't go into the missing link argument. I'm a bit tired of this. You know what, Jack? I'm making notes of everything you want to stay clear of, and I'm going to ask you about that. Oh, you, you certainly can, but then you must. But then you'll, we'll but then need you, more, you, far more time. So, so you through the same evolution you did in your consciousness, because your consciousness developed, and you can see it has developed over the years. In as far as, if you have a look at cultures. If you ever compare the culture, shall we say, of the Middle Ages, now the Middle Ages culture was very much dominated by the church. Mm. So if they did all the thinking for you, mm. suddenly our culture changes and now we, we're individualistic. Now we start to think for ourselves. So we start to express ourselves. And how do we express ourselves? Either through our actions or through our materialism. Mm, mm. And hence the growth of various actions, sports, that kind of thing, and the growth of what people inspire to. And that's what pays for your radio. (laughs) (laughs) And radio. You are on Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. If you want to join the conversation, please send us a WhatsApp to 079-748-2090. And in studio with me is Jack Hartman, the General Secretary for Southern Africa of the Theosophical Society. Now, Jack, if theosophy is not a religion, but it's not just the philosophy. You you, you mentioned it also combines the um, science with it. Hmm. How would you define it for a layperson? I define it as a philosophy, you know, just as... Buddhism is a philosophy, it's not a religion. Mm. 
Although there, well, are, there are people who seem to think it is. No, it isn't. Buddhism is a philosophy. Uh, it becomes a religion when it becomes Hinduism. In some cases, mm. a lot of you, Shinto is Buddhism, but that, that again, they will sometimes they decry. But in its pure form. Pure, it's, a Buddhism, it's a philosophy. It's a philosophy. Taoism. Yeah, yeah, it's... So, well, Taoism is, is again a philosophy. Yeah. It's, a, it's a philosophy of, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of, that you find in uh, theosophy comes from a Buddhist origin or is sim- very, very similar to Buddhism in its pure form. And then that philosophy becomes the benchmark uh, against which you, you steer your life. Am I, exactly, am I right? Exactly, correct. Absolutely. So it, in a sense, then replaces religion uh, it, it, in that in the, sense in that, that, that in the aspiration it replaces yes to a degree because but it but it, it it makes the path easier for religion because your goal is to attain that state of non-duality or if you like divinity mm, but mm. we don't use the word divinity because it's been poached by all the religions <laughs> So, um, this, uh, this, uh, secret doctrine, when you, when you spoke about it, you said something that it's, it's difficult to verbalize. While you were explaining how Helena Blatvatsky was basically downloading this mm. information, I wondered how much of our human inability to describe certain concepts, our language is sometimes so Inadequate to describe those bigger concepts. I wonder how much of those um, problems she encountered. Oh, very much so. And in fact, it's one of the problems you encounter when you read it, because she's downloaded in uh, a form of English. And remember, her origin is Russian. She was born in, in fact, what is today the Ukraine, and and. Uh, and, and so it, so it was a second language that she was using, and it was the type of language that they use in, in those days. Mm. So yes, the linguistics was a problem, and um, you, it's not one of those books that you can read from cover and say, "Well, I know what it's about." Mm. It's one of these things that you have to digest and go through, from a conceptual point of view as well. But a lot of it is the language, mm. because the, the language is. Victorian English. I mean, the other day we had a beautiful exercise where we were having a look at the uh, Bhagavad Gita and certain concepts there. And each Just of us. Sorry, had, sorry. What is the Bhagavad Gita? Bhagavad Gita is the. Uh, how can I put it? It's the, if you like, the inspiration for Buddhism. Okay. And it's say used, more. Well, it's the inspiration for Buddhism. It's a. A book about a battle which takes place, and in this battle, the, there's a commentary between one of the army leaders and Vishnu. Okay. And it, and it takes the form of how to live your life. Okay. In other okay. words, they, in other words, they take a battle as a form of life, and that's how you win the battle, and that's how you win living. And it's a like an instruction. Well, it's 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 like the it's, it's, it's like the form. yeah, it's it's a it's a Buddhist manual. It's a Buddhist okay. manual. Okay, so uh, sorry, I interrupted Not you at while all. you while you were discussing yeah. the Bhagavad Gita. Well, and there were different translations. I had an Indian one, and somebody had one from the middle from the <laughs> from the Victorian and so forth. 
And it seems as if we were reading different books. That's the trouble with translation. Yes, and it's also, you know, um, your frame of reference also influences your understanding. Oh, and I find that is, that is a big problem when you speak about things that aren't concrete, the unseen. Mm-hmm. Is my understanding of what you are saying and your understanding of what I am saying maybe completely different? Absolutely. Well, without a doubt. You know, for the, and that's one of the, shall we say, strengths of theosophy because it's up to you to interpret uh, the, the, the way you get on the path as long as you have the path. Mm-hmm. So it's... It is okay if my interpretation differs from yours. Without a doubt. As, as long as our goals are the same. You know, the whole, it's like uh, any business. Not everybody, a business has a goal in mind. It, it's, you want to generate profit. You sell a product, but the way we sell a product is different. Mm. And the ultimate goal is then this brotherhood of, of man. Yes, the nucleus of that. What do you mean when you say nucleus? In other words, to be part of the people who inspire the rest of the world. Because as they say, you know, okay. to to give it to you in terms of which I suppose people love, we're in the age of Aquarius, baby. Yes. So we just started. <laughs> so in the age of Aquarius, it's now, it's... As the astrologers say, it's now the time to be a brother. Mm, Or a sister. Or a sister. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jack, how did you get onto this path? I mean, let me just, before before you answer, I'm going to make certain assumptions, and you please tell me where I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you grew up in South Africa, and you are... um, Dare I say, slightly older than middle-aged. Look how kind I am. Well, you Um, really are being kind, very, very kind. (laughs) But I mean, so you grew up in a country that was incredibly restrictive, especially also in what you were allowed to think and believe. How did you get onto this? Well, basically, I think it was, to start off with, it was a natural antagonism towards this restriction, irrespective of... Of, of the nature of the government, but it was the restrictions. I mean, as we were mentioning earlier, I, I was in advertising, and the, the words that we weren't allowed to use in advertising, like we couldn't say, we weren't allowed to use the word laxative. Well, I don't know. Yeah, because... Or you weren't allowed to use deodorant. <laughs> we, we had to call it a refresher. So, you know, it, and it's all, and, and there was more than that, you know, and... I can remember at one, st- one stage when I was involved in a, in a multi-million dollar advertising campaign and one of my uh, uh, commercials, I was phoned up and I was in the liquor industry and I was phoned up by the Minister of Justice and when you're in the liquor industry, when the Minister of Justice phones you, you drop everything because he's God and he can take away your wholesale license. That closes you up, boom. And wholesale means a producer license. Mm, mm. And uh, said to me, one of your commercials shows people going drinking off to church and we don't like it. So I said, we do? Well, that's news to me. And I'm the marketing director, but I will check on somebody slipped in something that I don't know anything about. 
So I said, you better do it in the next three days or face a committee of inquiry. So we did it and we looked at this thing and yes, I looked at it, I suppose, yeah, we could. What we had was a campaign which showed a few, a couple coming out of church, but it wasn't coming out of church, they were coming out of a bank. And as couples are, they're happy, they've opened an account, or maybe they've drawn money to, who cares, and they went and enjoyed this particular beverage. Mm, mm, mm. And what, what was, they came out of a bank, and to be absolutely kosher, we didn't use a local bank. We, I used the Bank of New York, then. and I don't know if you know that at that time, the Bank of New York had as an emblem the compass. I don't need I need to say anymore? <laughs> 50,000 rand later, we Did changed. you have to pay a fine? Oh, no, you had to redo change. that. You know, well, we had, to, we had to redo that whole section, which meant reshoot because you've got a couple. Yes. So you've got to reshoot that whole scene, which means you set the whole thing up. Yes. So those restrictions were That kind of thing, you. they were frustrated. And so, so that influenced me to look beyond the, the society that I was living in, apart from the fact that I was living in a restricted society. But you can accommodate everything. But obviously there were a lot of people that I mixed with socially that had views more on the line of activism. <laughs> but so they were all part of it. And I was, I was looking for it. And I had got involved with Krishnamurti. And I found a lot of Krishnamurti's works. And they were fairly difficult to get of. It's not as if there's many libraries around. And I was told that the Theosophical Society had its completed works plus all his tapes and so forth. So I went along and said, I believe this. And they said, yes. I said, can I look at them? And they said, yeah, you can look at them. But you can't take them out of the library unless you remember. And I said, no, I don't want to join anything, please. I'm, I'm not a joiner because I've got to bring to enough bloody clubs in order just to live. I don't need another one. They said, no. So I spent time in the library reading Krishnamurti, but I also saw the titles of the books and I started reading there and I suddenly realized that here was something which was a path that it might enjoy, and that's how I got involved. Because it was a path to take me towards, if I can put it this way, a, a feeling of peace, of, of non-dominity, of equanimity with the rest of the world and being part of a human, of being a real human being. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's how I got involved in it. And, and Unfortunately, then got into the damn hierarchy. <laughs> I'm also incidentally the chairman of the African lodges as well. But you know, your people are listening to this, and that. they're going to hear this. I want them to hear it. I hope a few other people will hear it. Saying that it was the answer to my disillusionment. <laughs> now, Jack, Sophia, wisdom. Uh, theosophy has this. Wisdom tradition. Mm. What is that about? Well, you know, uh, Blavatsky herself always claimed that she was nothing was original, that this was all fed to her. It was ancient wisdom, and if you and, in, and she had been extremely well travelled. She had spent twenty years uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Is something different for a woman. Uh, yeah. Traveling the world, Can traveling, yes. traveling all around, obviously in Russia, in the Caucasus, but in Tibet. In those, she spent uh, two years in Tibet. Now, in Tibet, you couldn't even get into Tibet in those days. Mm. You know, let alone a woman. I mean, people. But I mean, woman. Well, 
you that society you know what you did and it wasn't travel and in Egypt and in the States all over so she so she was exposed to a lot of it but she said that none of it came from herself because she also quotes a lot of references a lot of uh, known writers and philosophers and the rest of it and they've all been checked and every one of them is absolutely spot on now if you if you go through all the quotes there are in the book, you just haven't got the whole time in your lifetime, well, in the human lifetime, to read all those references. But she quotes them and they're absolutely correct. So it, it tends to say to you that she, somebody must have given you those references. Mm, mm-hmm. Now that somebody, we, 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 we touched on it earlier and I asked if it's an ascended master. You said ascended master means yeah. something else within your framework. Yeah, well, the ascended master is the one that goes, so we say, beyond being just a, uh, a spiritual being, you know, starting to go into the realm of the one and only. The, you know, if you if that's if that's what you need, closer you to the ultimate source. Yeah, that's that's if you would, if you need that in order to live. Mm. Some people don't, some do. Okay, and these w- wisdom teachings. Well, these wisdom, you see, well, a lot of these, a lot of this work, as she said, she claims it was all of hers, and it's all ancient wisdom, and and she quotes it. She quotes it. In other words, she says, there's nothing new in it. Mm. I'm giving you the ancient wisdom which has been left behind, which been, was left for centuries. And I'm now, I'm now being tasked by the masters to give you this wisdom which has been missing for thousands of years. Like, can you give me an example? Well, an example that we, we all belong to the same uh, ilk, that mm. we're all, that, you know, we're not different. You know, because one of the biggest problems that we have with this duality is the fact that we as individuals believe that we are absolutely separate from one another. Yes, and I am special and no one else. Yeah, well... Meanwhile, we're all special little little snowflakes, yes. Yeah, and so we we invent uh, a God without, so we we can all pray to the God without and forget that the God is probably within. Mm, mm, You know, mm. you... It, a lot of it, you know, if you want to put it in, in, in psychological terms, there's a thing called the the collective consciousness. So I'll leave it with that. That sums up. We are joined. Mm-hmm. And does theosophy teach you ways of tapping into that collective consciousness? Mm. Well, tapping into a higher self, yes. You know, I, I'm using uh, psychological terms because mm. they're the ones that I know. Uh, when I say the only ones that I know, the ones that have meaning to me, I can't use them, the 18th century words. <laughs> because we probably would have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Now, how do you teach people to well, to access well, that? Well, they are, you know, we, we teach them the vehicles to use, the vehicles being, obviously, uh, the books they read. And a lot of it is done through meditation. That we do teach. We do teach you how to meditate properly. Because a lot of this is opening your mind to the input of that collective consciousness mm. or unconsciousness. Because mm. we have a misnomer in this. Well, I believe so anyway. Lots of arguments with psychologists on this. I believe we all have a consciousness. We seem to differentiate between a consciousness and an unconsciousness. 
and that we think there's a great big cap. But the way I see it, anyway, this is and a lot of a lot of theosophy tells me that's the way it works, but they don't specifically say it. But you have a consciousness which is an awareness. Now, in other words, you ask me something, yes. I can draw on what I can think, and I can give you an answer. But I can go to bed, and I'll wake up, and I'll give you an answer, because I've now tapped into another part of my consciousness, of which I'm not readily aware. I once saw a picture of an iceberg to explain this idea of the, the, the consciousness that we're actively conscious of, and the subconsciousness, yeah, exactly. which is part of our consciousness. Yes, well, it is, exactly. But well, submerged. So that's, that's exactly the point I'm making. And, and a lot of, uh, in theosophy, they have a thing called the, they call it the Antikarana Bridge. That I, which, the Usachut? <laughs> it's called the Antikarana Bridge. In other words, it's that gap to get to that unconsciousness. Now, I, I, I you know, you know, you're starting to get mythical here. So, uh, so I, 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 I don't often talk about it, but it, it, if you want to, it, 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 it explains it nicely, but it's, I suppose all things need to have a little bit of a fairy tale. Well, <laughs> most philosophies and religions do. Um, um, so, what practices do you follow? You've, you've mentioned meditation. You meet um, with... Well, with the, the practices, we're, our practices, we're, uh, obviously, a lot of our practices revolves around meditation, leading to our expanding our knowledge, because... Our, our main, one of our objects in order to be able to understand ourselves is to be able to uh, understand those nuances of nature and also the powers that man has. Now, hence our involvement sometimes in spiritualism, our involvement in... Uh, we try to get involved in certain practices of... Uh, Shall we say time travel in terms of the unconscious, if it's possible? Like astral projection. We try, yes, and and then we try the projections of, of going backwards. Yes, and it can be done. I've personally done it, but when I say I've done it, it's actually just a form of self hypnosis. And then I'm guessing, yeah. Tell me where I'm wrong. If you should travel back, there's a lot of imagination involved. It's a, and, there's a lot of work involved, and you can't. You, you you only can view it. It's uh, yeah. am I right? It's it's like watching a movie. You yeah. can't no. you can't get involved. Well, well, even in sometimes it's not even a movie. I I was involved in a so we say a, a little contretemps up in up in places in Africa where uh, I I was rather badly injured and they had to put me together. I was in a few pieces, and I I've, for a number of years. Uh, and I hadn't been in theosophy by then, but at that time, uh, I, I felt life was something missing. Something happened there that I wasn't sure of. So I endeavoured to do that, but it took me a lot of months to get take myself from meditation into a self hypnosis of which I was aware. With the, what what you're describing now sounds a bit like what what what's called past life regression. Same thing. Yeah. So you would be able to then do it for yourself. Yeah, for myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I did did do it, and it was such a frightening thing. And it was no pictures; it was all in colours that were were absolutely horrific as far as I was concerned. Mm, mm. And it was all done in colours. 
and there was a choice. And what was worrying me was a choice between two colors, a red and a blue. And the blue was the worry what I wanted. But I decided for the blue because it, for the red. The reason I wanted the blue was the red was so painful and that's where I was. In other words, I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And I decided not to die and kept the surgeon happy. <laughs> It's very interesting. We we spoke to a colorist, someone who goes into the psychology of color. Mm. And as you were saying, you wanted the blue. I was wondering, what did the blue represent to you? No pain. No pain. You know, Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was my interpretation. And you know, color psychology is another thing altogether. But it, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's actually a good diagnostic tool. Not a diagnostic tool. So you read books and you meditate. What else do you do? Look at good girls. <laughs> I'll find you one. We'll go outside you and me. I'll find you one. <laughs> now, Jack, when you said um, you teach people to meditate properly, I couldn't help but smile. What do you mean meditate properly? In other words, in other words, you have your mind as empty as possible so that you, you're in a state to receive or talk to the universe, if you, if you may put it mildly, or talk to the collective. But, you know, I've heard it said that we as Westerners, because we are so busy and we never get taught as children to silence our minds, that it's very, almost impossible for us to, to, to silence the mind. It's very difficult. It's very, very So difficult. do you have any tips for someone? Well, I, I must have been particularly lucky <laughs> because uh, I've always had this ability to concentrate on one thing only. But if you concentrate, aren't you just then just keeping no, your mind no, busy? No, but, but once I start to concentrate, then I could, then I then I start to take any thought that comes into my mind. I never keep it there permanently. I never follow it. In other words, I just let the thoughts come in, and I mm. immediately let the thought go, purposely let it go, and. Till I find something that, that or uh, I get a realm of thoughts which I can then contemplate in a, shall we say, a less uh, meditative state. In a more awake yeah, state. Yeah, because you're into an alpha scene. Yes. So, yes. so what do you do in your meetings and how often do you meet? No, we, we meet once a week. We have a, we have a lodge in Auckland Park, and, uh, which is an old house which we've converted and it's right right next to the university and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very nice spot I don't know how they got hold of it but it's, they've got it Okay, so you meet once a week and then what do you do? Well, what we do is as I said, we're, we're, we're all after the, the we normally have a lecture and our lectures are very varied they'll vary anything from well, coming up in, in week after next we've got a, a lecture on certain uh, aspects of the psychology of being old by by a well-known uh, psychologist in the, in that particular field. It's a specialty. Uh, this Sunday we're we're doing because uh, 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 Monday was a special. Well, yesterday was a special day for the Theosophists because it's what we call White Lotus Day. It's the anniversary of Blavatsky's death. She didn't want her breath celebrated, so we celebrated her death. And so 
next Sunday we'll be having lectures on the men in her life in order just to show that she wasn't some kind of uh, uh, myth, that she was a normal human being, that she type of thing, and that's that's what we're having. And but then we also we will have uh, uh, talks on well, week before last. We had a talk on the the symbolism symbolism that you can find of archetypes in the buildings. That sounds interesting. I uh, I recently saw some lions on a church building, and I was wondering. Uh, if that no, had any reference, no, well, uh, well, in this lecture, he 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 makes a very strong claim of virtually even the positioning of certain things in buildings is all according to a uh, an imprint on the human mind, mm. and and it shows you how in various cultures the same imprint is there, though with using different artifacts, but that is. But the actual positioning of the various, they are different archetypes because archetypes will differ with culture, but they are positioned for the same kind of emotion. Mm, mm. No, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Jack, who can join? Anybody can join as long as they're over the age of 18. Okay, and they have to have an open mind. Well, of course, otherwise you would. Otherwise they wouldn't want to join, no, would they? No. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, Valesa is saying it's time for us to wrap it up. Jack Hartman, thank you very much for spending the last few minutes, almost an hour with me and telling us more about the Theosophical Society. You can download this podcast and um, share it with your friends. And if you want to get in contact with Jack, where can they get hold of you? Uh, They can can get me on on my, my mobile. Oh, I think rather just the Facebook page. There's a Theosophical yeah, Society yeah, Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, the same Theosophical Facebook yeah. And they're very nice people, I promise you. They put me in touch with Jack. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. From me, Liesl Tom, have a terrific day. Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com.